Does safety and health matter to you? Do you believe the safety and health of your work colleagues helps your business thrive? You're listening to the Safety Realm Podcast with your host, Anthony Jr., a specialist in safety and health-related topics and a man who believes safety should be a core value for all people in every nation. Here's Anthony Jr. What's going on, everybody? My name is Anthony Kim Jr. I am your host here at the Safety Realm. I got a hot segment for y'all today, man. I hope y'all getting value out of this. Remember, man, if you have any questions um, or any topics that you would like for me to speak on, or let's just say you are a safety practitioner or a supervisor or a vice president, president of a company, and you just want to come on here and talk about some of your experiences when you were in the field or some of the things that you deal with on the back end. Because to be honest with y'all, I I totally know that there's more to it than just what I'm doing. I understand also somebody got to sign the checks. Somebody got to say, yeah, that's fine. We're going to do this or that. You know, hey, we need to look out for this and that. There may be some other things on the corporate side that I may not necessarily recognize. So you would like to come on to the podcast, man. Hit me up, man. I'd, I'd be so happy to have you here on the segments. So. Everyone, we're going to go ahead and transition forward. And now we're going to talk about crane picking plans. Okay. We're going to talk about some of the things that you will see on a crane picking plan. Now, most of the people that I've worked with um, in cranes have been Davis Crane. And there's another one that starts with an M. I can't remember it right now. But I'm very familiar with their scope of work, how they do things. They're very professional. Um, every now and then, you know, you're always going to have a crane operator that may be a little bad apple. But for the most part, those businesses, um, very they're, they're very good at how they carry themselves. So so I have a actual crane picking plan that um, I did around last year in 2023. And I'm just going to get into um, some of the things that I'm seeing on here. We had a, on a job site once we had a crane pick that we had to do with putting up some units on the roof. And actually, let me look at this email to see who I'm actually looking at this. Actually, inside, um, from a roof into the inside of the building. So we lifted up from the outside of the building, went on to, on top of the roof, dropped the actual um, air handling unit inside of a hole to be stationed inside of the building, okay? Um, hoisted it down, not dropped, excuse my verbiage there, not dropped. Drop means you just picked it up and dropped it in. We hoisted it down. Okay. So some of the things that you're going to see on a crane pick plan is you're going to actually see what type of crane that it is. It's, it's going to tell you the type of crane. It's going to tell you um, about the outriggers. It's going to give you the counterweight that's going to be put it's going to talk about the actual lifting radius and it's going to talk about the load. I mean, it's the crane pick plan, y'all, is jam packed. And it's also a part of the pre planning. It is jam packed with almost every detail down to 100% of what you're going to need to know, right? You want to know what type of crane it is, it's going to be on there. You want to know how much the load is that's going to be, you're going to be picking up, it's going to be on there. Because all the, now you'll have that before, but all this information is something that you're going to need. Remember, you're gathering data when you do pre planning, and this is a part of pre planning. 
Okay. Now, as you go into the actual lift worksheet, you're going to get all the information that I stated, but you're also going to get the weight of the jib and the type of jib um, and the parts also um, on the jib. You're also going to get a rigging list of the different rigging that will be used um, on that actual crane plan for that crane pick that you're going to do, which is very, very valuable as well. Let's see here, we're going to scroll down. They're going to also get kind of like a pre-inspection uh, pre checklist if the rigging is inspected. Now, listen, okay, pre-inspection I'm very familiar with, looking at the crane. So one of the things that the safety practitioner will do or a supervisor, superintendent will do is they should, remember, I told you all in the last segment, you should always have the crane pick plan when the crane operator shows up. The second thing that you want to look for is, hey, let's make sure that this is the right crane. Believe it or not, I repeat, believe it or not, there have been times that I've been at a job site. We waited two hours for a crane to come. It's two hours late and they send the wrong crane. And guess what? Got to send that crane back. Now you got probably another two to three hours before another crane shows up, maybe, depending on how busy the crane operating company is. Look, man, we're human. We make mistakes. But these are mistakes that can be avoided. Okay, so when we're doing a pre-lift checklist, we're looking at the crane operator. We're looking at the signal person as well. Crane operator, who will be giving you signals? 90% of the time, they're going to have their own signal person. They will communicate by walkie-talkie. Um, and if that depends on the actual visual of the crane operator, they usually always have a walkie-talkie of some sort. And then, especially if he or she can see the actual signal person, they will tell them, you know, they have certain hand signals that they use to hoist down, hoist up, move left, move right. You know, they, they usually use numbers like three o'clock. Go ahead and come three o'clock. All right, let's come back 12. They, they usually communicate along those lines. I'm, I'm not a signal person for them, so I can't say in detail, but they have somebody who's actually giving signals. Also, again, like I said, communication method. And you have the crane that needs to be inspected by the operator. I repeat, by the operator. The operator who is using that specific equipment to do the job should know the mechanics, the do's and don'ts of that crane. Trust him to a certain degree to do his job correctly and firmly and follow up. Also, inspecting your rigging. This is important. Anyone that has had a little bit of training with rigging will tell you if you see cuts, if you see exposed th uh, exposed polyester threading any or webbing that is not supposed to be there, then that is not deemed to be um, a functioning rigging. You need to get rid of that. Let's get rid of that. Let's get what we need. Now, when I say it's not going to be perfect, I'm saying it ain't going to look like you just bought it from a store, but you need to know that it's in good, perfect working condition, right? Now, when I say perfect, I'm saying it could be used. You might see some discoloration. That's, that's going to happen because it's being used. You may see some mud and some dirt on there, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't look at, let's say, rigging and everything is all the same color except for one area. You need to, you need to ask yourself a question of, 
okay, is this been cut? Has it been burnt? Has there been some type of chemical acid or has it been, is it dry rotted from the inside and all of a sudden it's just the, the actual webbing is becoming undone. You want to make sure that whatever rigging you're using is in good working condition. You want to make sure that there's permits and that they're all obtained. You also need to make sure that the weather conditions are okay. And the crane operator should be able to tell you, he or she should be able to tell you with their expertise, hey, I cannot, I cannot pick up this type of material in this type of weather. I'm sorry, I can't pick up this equipment in this type of weather, man. It's it's we're getting 20 mile per hour winds. This specific piece of equipment that I'm going to be picking up, uh, it, it, it's already at this specific weight. And I just can't I can't do it today, um, maybe tomorrow. But today the winds are too high. They should know that and they should be making that call as a safety practitioner or supervisor. You need to bring it to their attention. Hey, uh, man, it's kind of windy today. Just want to ask you, do you think it's safe to do this pick today? I've, I've been in situations like that where we're getting let's say 16 mile per hour winds and you know no it's not necessarily at let's say the job site says at 22 mile per hour winds you need to shut down the job site there would be no aerial work there would be no um no no work on the roof anything like that cool that's not a problem but sometimes when you're using a crane you have to kind of get ahead and and you have to kind of think ahead hey y'all they're saying tomorrow we got some we got, you know, 19 mile per hour winds coming in, you know, job site, job site stays at 22 mile per hour winds. You know, we can't do any type of, uh, you know, aerial lifting type of, of work, right? If you get ahead of it, you may be able to keep that crane from coming out, save your money, save yourself some money, especially if you're a project manager from having that crane sitting out there on the, on the job site. But if it just so happens that he or she shows up to the job, and high winds and this happens it just kicks up all of a sudden your job is to at least remind them like hey man job site requirements is at 22 miles per hour we cannot do any aerial lifting we can't work on any roofs or anything like that i got a question for you do you think that we can do this with this amount of weight with a crane picking this up and if they say yes then they're the expert trust them to be the expert right if they say yes, yeah, yeah, man, it's 19 miles per hour, man. No, I think we'll be good. We'll be good. As a matter of fact, they'll start saying, I'm going to do this instead of that. As a matter of fact, we're going to do this. We're going to use this to kind of help with um, what they call a tagline. We're going to use this type of tagline. As a matter of fact, we're going to use another tagline on the other side to be sure that when it gets to this specific area, we have complete control over it. So we may need an extra man. We may need an extra woman to make sure that this job is done safely. All right, let's continue forward here. Um, are there power lines nearby now in construction? You don't, there are power lines, but as far as on a job site, depending on the area, a lot, about 80% of the time, you're not having to worry about overhead power lines. Most of the time you have temporary power lines coming in underground of some sort or on the ground being fed to the job site. You don't really have a lot of aerial stuff going on but it's still something you need to be aware of. We already talked about the operator's license. Um, and also another thing is you wanna make sure that the crane is not blocking, and I've never had this happen in my career, but make sure that there's still access and egress to the job site itself. You don't wanna put the crane 
right there where everybody has to come in at. If there's a one way in, one way out situation with gates all around the job site, you don't want the crane operator to be right there, right? Because if there's an emergency evacuation type of a situation, which is called uh, an emergency action plan type of type of program that needs to be done at a specific time, you got a live shooter or you got somebody crazy flipping out or something like that. And you got to get everybody off the job site or there's thundering and lightning or a tornado warning or something of that magnitude, which you definitely want to catch a, a tornado warning before a crane comes out and a crane pick is being done. But if something happens to where just something changes throughout the, throughout the workday, you don't want the crane right there where everybody's coming in and out at, and now people can't get off the job site to be able to get to a safe place. Um, most muster points are going to be on the job site, but still, you don't want the crane just right there where access and egress is on the job. Okay, so let's continue forward. They'll give signatures and all of that. And then you also have what is called a load chart. Now, what this load chart is going to do is it's basically going to tell you the capacity in which that lift will be being used. And it's usually going to be like highlighted or in a different color, maybe black most of the time. And it's going to kind of tell you this is the boom section percentage. The boom length will be 100. The boom angle will be 61.8 inches. Um, will they or will they not be using the jib? It'll give you the tipping weight. Uh, I'm sorry, the tip height. It'll give you the lift radius and it'll give you the capacity of the load and everything, how much you're going to be lifting. Right. It'll also talk about any other subcontractors that may be helping to assist in the work. Okay. And then the plan also will give you, it'll give, they get now, you know, it's 2024 now, but even in 2023, as I look at this plan, you can tell how far we've come in America because I'm pretty sure there were times where you just kind of had to sketch this out, but they also have 3D um, visuals to help you just really get in detail a, a very easy picture of how things are going to look. Okay. Then they talk about how you're going to actually attach the rigging, right? Are you going to be using eight ton Crosby shackles? Are you going to be using shackles? Um, what kind of spreader bars will they be using for that specific, specific piece of equipment? Um, they, they're just going to break down in detail what type of rigging you're going to be using and what type of uh, tie-offs you'll be using for the anchorage points. And it'll point out the actual anchorage points as well. And then you'll get information about the, um, the actual crane company and whoever else is going to be out there to be administering the work as well, along with them. And then you'll get into the actual equipment that will be being picked up. And some of this is added from the manufacturers. You know, if, if you have um, a chiller that's being picked up, you're going to get you're not going to get that information from the crane picking company. That's information that you're giving them and they'll probably most likely add that to their actual crane plan. They're just trying to let you know we're taking it into consideration that you're saying that you have, you know, a, a five to 7,000 pound chiller system that needs to be picked up. And we factored all of that in, which is why we got this type of crane, which is why we're, you know, doing X, Y, Z. So it'll break all of that information down. Um, actually, I'm seeing on here that 
within the plan, it includes a copy of the insurance, a copy of the annual inspection, of course, a copy of the, um, I said that twice, actually, copy of the load of the chart, uh, documentation of operator certification, which I harped on pretty, pretty steep in the last segment, and then a completed lift plan from the crane company, and then a lift diagram as well talking about more on the lift plan. And then sometimes, now this is something that I had never experienced. There are general contractors that will, they will get the crane plan from the crane company and then send them a form and have them fill it out. Um, And this is their form of a lift plan. And I'm like, I got to be honest with y'all. I don't understand that. The only thing that I can think of of why a general contract or sub tier sub tier can do it too, maybe asking for that is because they maybe had an event that happened in the past that could have been avoided, but they weren't able to catch it because now this is an opinion because they just, when you get different forms of documentation and I've seen this over and over, people tend to kind of miss things because they may be used to getting certain information on certain pages. And so just be aware of that. Um, if, if you ever start working for someone who is like, yeah, well, we want them to fill this out too. Just be aware of that. Don't, don't be alarmed by it. Most of the time there's been something that has happened that has made them feel that they need to outsource with their own, with their own form and have them fill it out. And then you have the, the, certification for the inspection of the crane right here. I'm looking that the crane that we used was certified and, uh, let's see what's this. Uh, you got 2023, 2020. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Date of inspection, 2022. The owner was Davis crane. Um, and then again, they always do yearly routine inspections as well. Just so y'all know. And then you also have the make and model serial number, and then they give you the crane hoist capacity here at 60 tons. And they just go into more information about information on the crane, what all of its mechanics are, the brakes, historical data, the general information on the crane. I mean, they break everything down. Let's see here. We also have more information on the cab station, loading charts. I mean, y'all, in all in all, for this actual crane plan, it literally tells you everything that they have taken into consideration to make sure that you have a successful crane pick. And then right here, it has the actual NCCCO certified crane operator's license. I'm not going to say the gentleman's name for confidentiality purposes but yeah everything's here they tell you that the crane is qualified it's 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 signed and dated by the persons that it needs to be signed and dated by and that's it i mean y'all if you ever want to know how to have a successful crane pick pre-plan risk assessment have a safety practitioner with you to walk that job because he's gonna or she's gonna see things that maybe you're not thinking about Make sure it's mentioned in the pool plan meetings, especially more that you don't have to mention it every day, but the more that you see the time approaching for the crane pick, you want to do that. And then last but not least, 
the crane pick plan is going to have all of the information that you need on it. If you ever are out and you go to vacation and they got a crane pick plan happening the same day that you coming back, just ask for the crane picking plan. You'll get all the information there. Arrive to the job site about an hour and a half early, maybe an hour early at, at less at minimum and just walk the job and make sure that you're on you're on course with what's supposed to be happening. This is for safety practitioners, supervisors. This is for project managers. This is for anybody who's a general foreman who has to spearhead work. This is for everybody. So that's it, man. That's all I got today. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up on 20 minutes. I know this was a little long, but I hope y'all got some valuable information out of this. And man, I'll catch y'all later, man. If you got anything out of this, send this to a friend. Much love. Peace. If you enjoyed this segment, feel free to subscribe to the Safety Realm podcast to hear more safety and health-related topics. Also, contact Anthony Jr. for collaborations and questions at safetyrealm at outlook.com. Furthermore, subscribe to the Safety Realm YouTube channel for visual discussions. And remember folks, safety is health.